1: Hey, Jim Stroud here, and you are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's most dangerous podcast. It's awesome. It's colossal. I listen to it every day. You should, too. All right. That's it. What? No, wait. You said $20.
2: Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right, right where, where it hurts. Is. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast.
3: Yo, what's up, you smelly pirate hookers? Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's most dangerous. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sowash. On this week's show, Indeed pulls the old switcheroo, LinkedIn loses its wiener, and Ting Guy, the <laughs> Swedish recruiting robot, gets an evil twin. Be afraid. Be very afraid. We'll be right back after we pay a few bills.
4: Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-N dot We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner.
2: Well, obviously, Sovereign was not used in Iowa because Iowa had some <laughs> shitty fucking
3: technology.
2: I mean, how do you fuck that up?
3: You had one job, Iowa. But your boy, uh, your, your boy Booty Judge had a good day. Yeah, he did. I mean, it,
2: so... I mean, if you're in Iowa, you have to feel like fucking idiots right now. The the I, Iowa Democratic Party caucuses, from your standpoint, I, I think caucuses, they're really cool from the standpoint of you get a chance to actually talk to your neighbors. You know, the, the social interaction is really cool. I think from a voting standpoint, it is the
3: dumbest fucking thing ever. So it's fun in a way that it's sort of a trip back into time, like when it was 1814. Yeah. Um, that's sort of cool, but f- for a democratic process, stupid, it's it's horrible. Yeah. Um. And for for the mere fact that you know people with young children yeah. are basically you know can't just go out for four hours and do this. Elderly and if they have four hours, yeah. Elderly people, uh, disabilities. I mean, in the weather is always yeah. an issue. It seems like in Iowa. Uh-huh. So basically, you get you know college kids and. 50s, 60s, you know, empty nesters or older kids that can go do this, and it's just not the best thumb, uh, you know, thumbprint on what is going on in America. Now, beside the fact that I was like ninety nine point nine percent white. Yes. Um, also kind of throws a monkey wrench in the whole, you know, legitimacy thing as well. Yes.
2: Hey, we've made voting way too complex. And I understand that that's exactly what some politicians want. But, you know, man, we have we have to focus on making this a more vetted process that's easier to participate in and this whole electoral college bullshit it's just it, it, all of it just drives me crazy it's like a vote equals a vote oh wait a minute not in the united states it doesn't at least the the general election right yeah, in this case yeah. it's the same kind of thing because bernie had more votes than pete did mm-hmm. it's really weird it's really fucked up iowa do a fucking A vote next time, not with your caucus (laughs) bullshit. Do your vote, and don't do it with an app.
3: How about we not do that? The fact that we didn't know who the winner was, yeah, you know, I don't know how much money you know Buttigieg will probably lose because he couldn't go fundraise that night. He probably could have raised millions just on that night alone because he had won the Iowa caucuses. You're right. To be able to pay that much money, which I think we should get money out of politics
2: altogether. But to be able to pay that much money to have a cluster fuck like this is ridiculous.
3: Did you see the Super Bowl, though? Dude, the Super Bowl was,
2: uh, it was a great game. I don't know that Patrick Mahomes knows how to lead, especially those big games. And maybe he just doesn't feel motivated unless unless mm-hmm. he's in a hole but either way man the last 3 fucking games comes out from behind wins the game amazing
3: yeah he has quite the penchant for the comeback For sure. And uh, if you've seen any of the uh, the parade of the Chiefs winning, like what a bunch of meatheads. Holy shit. Like beer drinking, wrestling, watching like knuckleheads. And that might have something to do with them being in Kansas City. And just for all of our (laughs) listeners, just
2: so you know, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay.
3: (laughs) What about... The uh, the ads though. What were your favorite ads? We talked briefly about this, and and we we both love the Tide ad uh, with the stain. It was Tide, right? Tell me, yeah. it was Tide, yeah. Uh, so the Tide stain, and then, and then how they interject like multiple brands into their ads. That shit's genius. Yes, I'm a uh, I'm a sucker for old school rap, so. To see Hammer make an appearance in uh, the Cheetos ad, <laughs> that's awesome. Was certainly great. Although I'm not sure, I'm not sure Cheetos popcorn is going to take off. But at least uh, Hammer's still paying the rent, which is which is nice. I also think it's interesting that I think I counted three uh, electric vehicle ads. Um, one for the Hummer, that's which awesome. I think is really ironic. Uh, and yeah, probably awesome. But it's it's just it's great that the 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 leader in electronic or electric vehicles, Tesla has never done an ad ever, but still is on top of of that world just because of the market share that they've grabbed and the brand that they have. So yeah, EV Hummer electric, great uh, Cybertruck is cool. We're gonna see a lot of that shit driving around, which is fun. But yeah, that was that was my thought. And of course, you can go through your favorites, but we got to talk about the Jeep ad <laughs> featuring a Groundhog, which from my standpoint, effectively lays off the uh, the indeed groundhog because the fact that Bill Murray is in it and the fact that it's a legitimate movie that people recognize. So what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl ads? I
2: think, I think the groundhog moved on is what happened. The groundhog saw a better opportunity and said, fuck indeed, and, and went back to his old pal, Bill Murray. Groundhog Day is a staple, right? I mean, we've seen it. Many times having Gary, the uh, the the groundhog around it was on Groundhog's Day, by the way, be with Bill Murray in a Jeep ad was amazing.
3: Whoever came up with the Indeed ad had to just be kicking themselves, thinking about how they fucked up and didn't tie a groundhog in some way, shape or form to (laughs) Bill Murray and like pop culture, because effectively the I I don't I don't think Indeed can use the groundhog anymore. Because people are going to think about Bill Murray, Groundhog Day and Jeep and not indeed in finding jobs. Yeah, So
2: we we've actually reached out to the Groundhog's agent. And uh, I think you know, we might actually have something going on with the Groundhog, hopefully sometime
3: soon. We got something cooking with the Groundhog. So uh, listeners, stay tuned. We'll have some fun <laughs> stuff coming down the pike. If you remember the uh, Chad and Cheese run for Monster President, uh, you'll enjoy this one. Definitely. Uh, shout out. Shout out. I'm going to shout out to uh, two folks in pop culture that had big days or big weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, Axl Rose uh, celebrated uh, his birthday, uh, born in 62, which would make him, what, 58? Yep. Um, and Kirk Douglas. Unfortunately, passed away. Uh, Similarly to you, when I heard the news, I thought it was Michael Douglas. Right. Uh, Who is still alive. No, his dad, who was 103. Yeah. um, And actually looked better than Axl Rose does now. Yes. Passed away, unfortunately. So if you haven't seen Spartacus or another Kirk Douglas classic, do yourself a favor and, and tune in on Netflix or wherever you stream your movies. Wherever you stream your movies. Yeah, that was an oh shit moment for me. I was like, Michael Douglas.
2: Oh, no shit. His dad is still alive. Yeah. Kirk. Fucking Douglas, dude. That dude, he was a machine. Uh, okay, some some rapid fire. So, uh, Jacqueline Martinez, aka Jay Quillen, um, longtime listener. She actually started on her own podcast called Coffee to Wine. Uh, we were obviously an inspiration there. Maybe not obviously. on the wine side, but it was <laughs> more of just the alcohol. But uh, congrats to Jay Quillen. Uh, we saw another news outlet. Announcement this week, which I thought was very interesting. I don't know if you saw this or not. Was it Martin Burns? Started yep. the Recruitment News Network. And this seems like just another form of brain food, the recruiting brain food, our Hung Lee buddy.
3: Don't, don't doesn't it? Yeah, we need another news blog <laughs> in this space for sure. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Thanks for that. It looks like he did incorporate George LaRock and some other personalities to contribute to it. So, uh-huh. But yeah, I, we we have enough of those things as far as I'm concerned.
2: Pete Suchi, I'm going to say Suchi. I don't know. Yeah. Sushi? Su- Sushi. 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 Recruitment ad advisor at CVS. And I quote, he says, it's refreshing to get brand insights from people who don't drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, and we, we try
3: not to. Yeah, Pete, Pete, we may not drink the Kool-Aid, but God damn it, we're drinking cough syrup from CVS right now. Right now. Yeah, pretty fucked up on that shit. <laughs> uh, shout out to James Maley of Monster. Uh, big fan out there in Ireland. He gave me a schlantze. Uh, through LinkedIn. So, James, welcome to the show. And St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner, my friend. Very nice. Tony Cerna. Tony. From Smart Recruiters sent over a little love
2: letter. He loves the uh, the podcast. And uh, all I got to say is binge, baby, binge. Uh, Steven Rothberg loved your Captain Stubing hat on the uh, the podcast, <laughs> the teaser trailer. <laughs> He's a big fan. That was my. That it, was my. Was nice. A, a ton of employees over at Alexander Mann Solutions are giving our interview with their SVP Mark Jones a, a ton of love on Twitter. Mr.
3: Uh, Jones and me.
2: Dan, Carrie, Tara, Erica. I mean, just a ton. Right now, this kids is how you push a message Uh, i gotta probably thank uh, adam giffey for that over there but when when somebody in leadership or anybody from your organization is on a podcast or quoted in an article or something like that share the shit out of that i mean that's again you want to be able to to lift them up
3: and again you get an opportunity reciprocity baby for reals for reals Uh, will ennis Uh, TK Solutions is a big fan of the show, and uh, he reached out to us. So, uh, Will, welcome aboard to the Insane Train, and uh, thanks for listening. Insane Train. Adam Gordon over Canada ID. He really
2: enjoyed Sam Davies on the firing squad, the pitch uh, for the startup Real Links. uh, Pretty cool and very usable tech, and go figure. Joel
3: gave him a golf clap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and i love the fact that adam gordon is still pissed off about his golf clap when he it, was on fire so it drives I'm, him man it drives him like a little story uh we we it was Paris, right we met them out for dinner yeah um he was one of them so i walk into the restaurant and he's he's there like <laughs> full bore in the restaurant giving me a golf clap so adam we love you man yeah and
2: i think the funny part was is like i i don't get it and you're like that's because you gave him a Golf clap, cheese man, <laughs> Jesus. I think I got
3: it, actually. Yeah, I don't think you did. Okay, so. Pretty much French wine.
2: Last on the shout outs, don't miss our new Voices series where we have very frank discussions with industry leaders. The latest series is with Robert Ruff, president of Sovereign Technology. We just released the second episode of our conversation with Robert, and this one is entitled, Does HR Care About? candidate experience so check it out uh, we're going to be pushing a lot of these voices series out there and they're just again frank conversations about mm-hmm. things that you guys give a shit about
3: yes and if you haven't heard the new celebrity intro to voices that alone <laughs> is worth tuning in no shit voices voices
2: <laughs> so we got events real quick oh shit the Gathering, February 19th to the 20th in a castle at the base of the Canadian Rockies in beautiful Banff. We're going to be on stage. We're going to be interviewing... Brand leaders. Uh, I don't know if I told you this or not, Joel, but we actually have the brand, the director of brand marketing for the Harlem Globetrotters. What? Yep. The early meal. Yeah. He listened to the the pod and he's like, I want to do some of that. Um, But if you're not (laughs) listening to the cult brand series, go to chadcheese.com, click on the logo. It's right in the middle of the page. Uh, Cult brand, and if you're not going to Banff and you're in employee branding, recruitment, marketing, CultGathering.com, be there.
3: Yep, and I, I hear rumor that cannabis is uh, legal in Canada. I'm not sure if that I'm not sure if that should be a be an inspiration to go, <laughs> but if it is, hey, what do you know? And then in March we have Unleash and TA
2: Tech. They're having a what they're calling a mega conference. Uh, Two shows together in London in March. We will be doing Deathmatch at TA Tech. uh, For information, go to tatech.org and also UnleashGroup.io. Check them out. Totally good. Topics. Indeed, a switcheroo. Dude, this is like Lucy and Charlie Brown, where Indeed is like Lucy and she has the football and she keeps (laughs) ripping it away from Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown always, always falls on his ass. That's talent acquisition or staffing or anybody who has actually paid or partnered with Indeed because they're. (laughs) it seems like they're always trying to fuck you. But in this new move, which seems like it's been happening much like Indeed does, they don't roll something out just all at once. They slowly start to roll their partners or clients into it. Uh Uh-huh. But what they've done is the re- the rewards program indeed has now will sunset March 31st. So if you have been in their rewards program and you're still in it, you won't be March 31st. Clients will have until then to make purchases with their rewards. They're switching to more of a seats based scenario. And and I've talked to several TA leaders about this and it goes from kind of like, you know, this is something that you should be used to with. Indeed, they're always moving the ball. And then Mm -hmm. some of the other ones saying, yeah, it's not that big of a change. It's $960 a year per seat to get 30 contacts a month, that's about $32 per contact. And mm-hmm. remember, this is about sending a message. So you're paying $32 to send a message to a candidate, right? Now, if you get the credit back for a positive like acceptance of the message or response of the message, but mm-hmm. can, can you imagine sending an email out? through any type of marketing mechanism and saying that's going to cost you $32 every time you hit send. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like
3: LinkedIn's playbook. That's exactly right. Yes. Yes. Do you think anyone misses the old days of like a dollar per resume on Indeed? <laughs> I think that's what it originally was like Access the contact information for $1. Those days are long gone. Well, yeah. To me, this is like another instance of pushing the Google for Jobs panic button and sucking as much profit out of this melon as they possibly can. So it'll probably work for them for a while. Um, But yeah, another ball moving, so to speak by our, our favorite Lucy to Charlie Brown. So uh, a couple of quick quotes
2: from uh, a couple of different uh, TA leaders who had d- different viewpoints. The first one, I don't think this is going to be a big change uh, because of obviously, again, LinkedIn rewards. So it's almost like mimicking and, and competing with LinkedIn. Indeed protects their data from spam more than most, whether that's the one click at a time to mass sending or tossing the analytics and response rates in your face. So... Indeed's going to say, look, your shit sucks. Tighten up your game, right? And this TA leader thinks it's just making them do their job better. Another TA leader said, and I quote, you still get additional contacts per every positive response with reaching out to people. That's the last thing they will probably take away next year or two to fall in line with their business practices. And the follow-up response was, indeed, is always looking for another way to fuck us.
3: <laughs> you know, they, they could end up shooting themselves in the foot if they rise raise the price too much to the point that people just figure out how to source the web and cross section it with the data and the resume or somehow. Like that seems like an opportunity that someone could uh, could capitalize on. But at some point, you know, thirty-two bucks per contact is that gets that adds up after a while. Not cheap. Yeah, not cheap. So at what point does it drive people to other competitors or other sources? I, I think they should be really careful about that. I mean, the, their benefit is that Google doesn't have a database. Um, LinkedIn does. And right. they, as long as they keep comparable to LinkedIn.
2: Yeah, I- but still, again, I I, I don't yeah. think from a, a talent acquisition standpoint, they should see this as sustainable because they're buying the same contacts over and over and over. They, they, yeah. They're they pulling the same fucking people into their applicant tracking system they have for the last 20 fucking years. If they actually put that money into a, a pipelining, a, a nurturing type of technology, a CRM, right, that yep. that would actually go in and continue to nurture the candidates that they have already paid for, then mm-hmm. they would really not need or need a lot less these types of platforms.
3: Yeah. The the market will eventually figure out a way to do it better and cheaper. We haven't yet. <laughs> well, keep raising the prices and we'll get there. Give us a <laughs> recession. Give us a nice recession and we'll get there. Trust yeah. Me. Talking about Ways
2: to do things better. Uh, career Builders found a better way to do background checks.
1: Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> sell that shit.
3: <laughs> yeah. So we did a shred on this uh, yesterday. So they have been acquired. So Career Builder bought a company called Oracle uh, in 2016. Orico was a background check company. Um they turned they got rid of the Arco brand and called them career builder employee screening or employee screening, right? Uh-huh. C B E S. So this company comes along, um, accurate background, uh well-known company. They're not one of the big companies like a Sterling um, or HireRite, right. um, but they come along and basically acquire the assets of the screening product at CareerBuilder. Um, the, the press release made it sound a little bit like they might still partner CareerBuilder, like so they'll still have the, they'll still have background checks sort of run by Accurate. It wasn't real specific. Of course, the terms were not disclosed. But one of the comments I got from a former CareerBuilder uh, guy was that, look, the backgrounds check was like printing money. Yeah. Um, the fact that they've gotten rid of that really shows that uh, Apollo has, is playing with house money at this point and just like getting, you know, the fire sale continues quick, uh, continue to squeeze money out of this, out of this pig um, until you can't anymore. <laughs> and the screening product was, uh, was obviously a major part of that. So I suspect as you probably do that this the fire sale will continue at career builder, um, and that this is just the first of 2020.
2: So th- there was this very long email from Arena out to all the customers. And I mean, it was one of those too long, didn't read bullshit emails. But in like the last paragraph, they talk about new talent acquisition social referral product along with our next generation career sites and expanded CRM capabilities. Do we believe, it, does the industry actually believe that CareerBuilder is spending money on anything to develop anything? <laughs> I mean, it, th- this is, to me, it's, it's, it's very much like a shell game. <laughs> and you're trying to sell off your assets. Uh, mm. I had two individuals re- reach out to me, just quick texts. And I asked them, okay, so what do you think is going to happen from here? One said, I think it's going to unravel very quickly from here. The Hmm. second one said, "Nah, they'll hang on and slowly bleed this bitch dry. And everyone with equity gets shit.
3: Yeah, look, the the press release that went out, basically, you know, arena, same thing, right? We're we're selling this to focus on our core competencies of talent attraction, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Um, which is. Which is a nice way of saying, continue to give us money because the crappy product is going to get better at some point. Please. But the 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 height of innovation that we've seen out of Career Builder was Pokemon Go for Jobs uh, two years ago. From all accounts, they've laid off most of their tech team. So I'm not really sure who's going to make all this innovative stuff. They've shown no signs since Arena's taken over that they're an innovative company. I kind of agree with the slow drip uh, commentary, like Mm that's going to be status quo. They're going to keep selling off pieces. And before you know it, you know, somebody's going to come in and buy the brand career builder and its remaining assets for pennies on the dollar. And Apollo will wash its hands free with a lot of money in its pocket. Do you think text kernel or Broadbean goes next? I think they'll both be gone. Uh, by 2021, which should have been in our prediction show, by the way. (laughs) Let's hear from Canvas. Yes. And we'll talk about LinkedIn's new wiener.
4: Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text. And so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes we'll show you how to text, at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent.
3: I'm sure they love being the lead in to the LinkedIn gets a new wiener story. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't?
2: I mean, they'd, sorry, am on?
3: Who, Had to I, do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to listen
3: through an ad to be able to
2: hear about LinkedIn's <laughs> Wiener? I mean, that's that's, that's a perfect true. intro. Yeah,
3: that's good. It's, it's a, great good. Teaser, yeah. a great teaser, so a great teaser. So after 11 years, uh, LinkedIn CEO Jeff Wiener uh, will be stepping down from the, uh, the company. He's not leaving the organization, as all of our listeners know, is owned by Microsoft. Uh, he will be the executive chairman um, effective in June. Um, current SVP of product, uh, Ryan Roslansky. Sure. Uh, hopefully we get him on the show. Probably not. Uh, we'll step into the CEO role and VP of product. Tomer Cohen will take on Roslansky's Roslansky's responsibilities. Um, in a statement to Wired, Wiener said, quote, it just felt like the right time I had always thought of myself that I'd be in the role for as long as I was happy, and then I realized I love this place so much, and our sense of purpose, our vision has become so inextricably linked with my own sense of purpose." Oh, is and that sweet. So, do you read anything to this or is just uh life life moves on. Yeah, get the fuck out while you're on top, man. I mean, LinkedIn's
2: <laughs> LinkedIn's dollars up 24%. Uh their their revenue up last uh, last quarter 24%. Now on the other side, Dynamics is up 12%. Right. And we just heard that Dynamics is shutting down talent and they're going to pull the hub in. Right. You know, my question is, what's the future for LinkedIn and does LinkedIn stay out of Dynamics? I I know they're making money, but is there a great transition there to
3: be able to do something more? That's interesting. Do you think throw away LinkedIn as a brand and just move it all over into Microsoft? I think a transition only makes sense. Uh, If you do
2: it that way, you can't just throw it away. Mm -hmm. But if you think of it from this standpoint, LinkedIn, there's so much ridiculous opportunity when it comes to sales industry, right? The sales industry itself and sales has or marketing sales and marketing have a shit ton more money than HR does. Not to mention, I saw avocados advertised on LinkedIn avocados dude i mean i i don't know if that was pointed to me because i probably eat like two a day but to me the opportunity is so large and it goes yeah. well beyond easily well beyond anything that we can think of here in hr talent acquisition uh, employer brand anything like that
3: did you know avocados are responsible for more accidental knife cuts than any other activity which makes sense, I guess. Amateurs. But anyway, anyway, I heard that on a podcast uh, the other day. So I thought (laughs) I'd share that. Um, you know, I, I think LinkedIn is weird. I mean, they're, they're on, they're hitting on all cylinders. Um, they're doing very well. They're making tons of money, but I I have to wonder like if they're looking at the privacy issues that are going to, that are coming down the pike, if they're worried about that. Um, I mean, they're in China. Is there fear that they'll get kicked out of China? Um, I'm really curious to see where the high Q case goes yeah um, from here I wonder if they see a decrease in value in the future of profiles um, and accessibility to those like I, I really wonder what corner Jeff is looking around. Mm-hmm. To know why he would make this move well robert ruff said on our last show with him we actually just dropped yeah.
2: earlier this week that he thinks this is a, a very big play short term for linkedin and microsoft but bad from a long-term play in terms of the high q case yeah the high q case and just data yeah. overall right this is working now
3: uh make your money on it because it's not going to be there long term yeah and the and the The guy taking his place uh, has been at LinkedIn for a really long time. I mean, it feels just like, you know, this isn't this isn't, you know, turning over the table and starting new. This is just like, hey, here's the baton. Keep running. So I don't see any immediate change in LinkedIn. But yeah, I am curious to what what Wiener saw or, you know, what kind of hurdles they're going to have and challenges Um, because they will.
2: Yeah. Well, and again, I think it's interesting to watch what happens uh, between the relationship, technically between LinkedIn mm-hmm. and Dynamics, because now they're sucking in Hub as their ATS. But will that grow further? They've already done some things on the sales side. Uh, I could see it in the marketing side. It, it could be. It could be a great opportunity to have kind of like a front-facing store, possibly of LinkedIn, and then everything integrated on the back end with
3: uh with dynamics sure sure also i also think with with younger folks mm-hmm. they're they're having a hard time you know if you look at this generationally you know with with xers coming in and and younger as they come in i mean linkedin seems like much less of a necessity to be on when you have other social networks other platforms uh you have the gig economy which you know for most part linkedin has no you know dog in that fight whatsoever so, yeah, long term play is probably pretty challenging for LinkedIn. And maybe that's why the wiener moved on. The wiener is gone, uh, said Lorena Bobbitt. So he did a Jersey curve out of there.
2: If was talk about. Yeah, we're talking about uh, women taking
3: t- taking something. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Did we just transition women- from LinkedIn's new wiener to women on top? <laughs> oh my. Women are on top. Women are a
2: majority of the workforce. Take your power any way that you need to. Right. (laughs) The big question is, so that women are the majority of the workforce now, finally. Right. Is this time to celebrate? And I quote, this comes from AEI.org. As of December 2019, women held 76.2 million jobs, constituting over 50 percent of the total Non-farm payrolls. This is the first time in a decade we have seen more women than men on the payrolls. And this parity is indeed a noteworthy labor force gain. Are we going to prospectively see parity in pay equity? Are we going to see pay equity come to place because of this trend?
3: I think we have to ultimately. Um, I also think that more females are graduating from colleges now um, than men, and I actually think that's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you know through a combination of either look the political leanings in this country, the pendulum's going to go the other way at some point. It might happen this year. It might happen four years from you know this year. I don't know. Um, but ultimately, there's probably going to be a combination of either um, a legal smackdown or a, a governmental smackdown um, coordinated with, I think market forces are going to be such that some of this stuff is going to be equaled out because more and more sites from Glassdoor to Indeed to whatever uh, salary information is more is easily accessible. Uh, There's more transparency than there ever is than there ever has been before. Um, I think that that's going to empower whether you're male, female, Indian, African-American, whoever you are, that data is going to be powerful, and ultimately, companies, unless they adhere to either combination of governmental regulations and market forces, are going to lose some of the best people. Which more and more and more um, is is on the female side of the of the equation. So, I think those two things are going to create a parity in, in, uh, you know, in or equality of salaries because that's just how sort of business and commerce and life works. Right. Yeah. Don't you think we have to get to like pay
2: transparency pretty fucking quick for that to happen though? Because you go into an interview, you don't know what, you don't know what the position pays. You have maybe some roundabout hope, but you don't know what it pays. Uh, but yet they ask you what you made in your last three years. Three positions or what have you, sure. um, and they're looking to negotiate. and And at that point, we know different people negotiate differently some better, some worse. Uh, but overall, that doesn't tend to be very equal. Sure, uh, and sure. that's where, if a female takes uh, two thousand dollars a year less that mm-hmm. first year, that nah, doesn't seem like that much. It's still not equitable, but still. In five years with the same pay raise, it's entirely different, right? In 10 years, it's much. So that's where the the wage gap actually grows because we don't have transparency.
3: The simple fact that, you know, Google jobs on Google for jobs are somewhat indexed and ranked partly according to is there pay information on this job? Yep. That's a little thing that's gonna help drive employers to say, here's how much this job is worth and what you're gonna be paid, as opposed to the the blindness and you know, the black box that salaries have been up until now.
2: Yes, which rolls into minimum wage to increase in twenty-six states this year. This is from WTHR here in Indianapolis. I thought this was interesting because, you know, we're talking about not the minimum wage, but being able to actually create a wage that people can live on, uh, yep. and being able to live off of, uh, like some of the lowest minimum wages in Georgia and Wyoming, five dollars and fifteen cents an hour, probably isn't realistic in twenty twenty.
3: You know, I think this this sort of goes back to my comment on you know sort of a combination of government intervention and and the market working as it as it should, right. Um, Cities more and more competing with each other for you know labor, brain, power, uh, resources, etc. Um, so I think it's interesting that you see cities being the ones that are driving so much of this um, initiative, right? So you yeah. have Seattle, Yep. You have New York. You have these big cities that need more and more people, particularly service. Um, oriented, you know, the jobs that are minimum wage Mm -hmm. to get people there, to move there, to increase their tax base, to increase, you know, so basically all the boats rise um, when you do this. So you have New York competing with Chicago, competing with Seattle. So you have this sort of market, uh, you know, the hand of the market driving up minimum wage as opposed to the government, you know, the federal government saying, Hey, it's, you know, it's now $10 or whatever it is. Right. So, but I do think there's probably got to be a floor, I mean, the minimum wage hasn't raised. This is your lane. I mean, ten correct years me from wrong, t- 10, ten years, right? Yeah. So, corporate profits have gone through the roof the last ten years. I mean, the the you know unemployment is almost as low as is as low as it's ever been, but minimum wage has stayed pat. So, at some point, you know, we as a we as a country have to make a decision. Like, where's the money going to be in the hands the most, right? And at some point, you know, we have to. We have to raise them, way, we have to raise the floor to bring everybody up. Now, I'm not saying you know it has to be $16 like Seattle because Seymour, Indiana can't you know sustain $16 an hour. It's not Seattle, um, but the floor has to be more than was it $7.25 now?
2: Yes, yeah, $7.25. Yeah.
3: Well, it, yeah, I, I think this in I, I listened to a podcast called Pitchfork
2: Economics. The, the The guy who runs it is a billionaire in Seattle. And he talks about this in Seattle a lot and what they're actually seeing, you know, the, the, the first uh, the first impact of it versus what long term impact has actually happened. And the yeah. people that worked in some of these restaurants couldn't afford to actually go and eat in these restaurants. So therefore, sure. this new economy and this new money actually put more money in their in, in bank accounts. And they were able mm-hmm. to actually go out and spend
3: more and enjoy themselves and heighten uh, their their level of living. Sure. And it's not just cities that are competing, it's restaurants, right? I mean, we had a story a couple of weeks ago about Taco Bell, you know, have paying $100,000 uh, a year more for executives or managers um, at the restaurant. So restaurants are competing, cities are competing, and all that competition is obviously good. But I do think that the government needs to sort of wake up and raise the floor at least for uh, inflation purposes, um, yes, it, it hasn't changed in ten years. I mean, when I started, you and I started about the same time in the workforce. I mm-hmm. assume I think it was three thirty-five an hour when I started working in the mid-eighties. I mean, it's only doubled, and that was you know thirty years ago. So, yeah, shit's got the floor's got to come up quicker, at least in in pace with inflation, so that people have a floor that that raises every year um, in terms of their working opportunities or just become a manager at Taco Bell and eat all the chalupas like my life goal is. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think uh, we should take a break and, and talk about 10 guys evil twin.
3: Yeah.
5: Let's hear from job Ad X. Nah. Nope. Nah. Not for me. All these jobs look the same. Next, This is what perfectly qualified candidates are thinking as they scroll past your jobs. Just half-heartedly skimming job descriptions that aren't standing out to them. Face it, we live in a world that is all about content, content, content. So why do we expect job seekers to react differently while reading paragraphs and bullets in templated job descriptions? Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with job AdX. Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, job AdX seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing us at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. Attract. Engage. Employ. With Job JobAdX. It gets
2: more crazy than just a robot doing interviewing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we didn't even mention robots with minimum wage. That's a whole other variable. But yes, yeah. our Swedish friends are back in the news. What's up this week? Yeah, uh,
2: actually, it's not them. It's another company uh, with a, I would say, evil twin version of Ten Guy uh, named Sigmund. Uh, he's being he's being developed. He's being developed by an assessment provider, LTP Business Psychologists, and so far, it is uh, still a research project. Okay. Quote. The robot combines the applicant's statements with the way he or she says it, including facial expression, close quote. So I want to make a quick differentiation here. So first off, we've been talking about guy I mean, we went to yeah. Sweden. We, we we know a lot about guy and obviously what, what they're trying to do there. guy is not doing fa- facial recognition assessment. Rather, yeah. it uses the, the actual robot to follow mm-hmm. your face while you were speaking, just so that you have a better candidate experience. I think, you know, we have to be smart about drawing a line in the sand when it comes to robots. Mm-hmm. Well, should they ask questions, record and transcribe and answer to the questions? Yes. Right. Can they answer questions like FAQ kind of stuff back? Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's chatbots do that shit. Um, but should they assess a candidate through facial recognition and or voice. I say that's that's out of bounds. And that's exactly what Sigmund's doing. So 10 guy just really being able to ask the questions, take your answers, transcribe, and then answer basic questions, right? Sigmund is going the evil route of, uh, of maybe the higher view
3: route uh, of facial <laughs> recognition and yeah. really assessing people. Yeah. So I, I have two points on this. One is... Um, you know, Facebook recently settled uh, a case with Illinois who had some law about facial recognition and uh-huh. getting, getting, a, you know, getting sort of a sign-off or approval, um, opting into that sort of technology. Now, with Facebook's money, it was like, okay, let's look under the uh, couch cushions to pay this fine. And I think that to a large degree, large companies like Facebook will probably just do the math and say it's easier, uh, it's cheaper to pay the fine than it is not advance this technology and make more money or be, be more intrusive than we already are in people's lives. But I think if you're a higher view, so I think that I think people draw the line somewhere with facial recognition mm-hmm. and trying to read my mind based on <laughs> based on how I look, right? Like, yeah. we seem to be okay with, um, you know, all kinds of other privacy sort of you know, breaking, but for some reason, facial stuff people have a problem with. So, Facebook settles, um, Higher View will probably have to stop doing what they're doing or pay some money. I don't know how that's going to work. Illinois has pretty strict laws around this. Yeah. Um, so, I do think from that standpoint, recruiting and, and interviewing with facial recognition and are they lying? Are they telling, you know, like what exactly is going on there? I think it, that's going to be a major hurdle for recruiting companies. I think. I think on the sec- on the second point that I want to make is, you know, Tingai Tingai built basically a software to fit into a robot created by a company called Furhat as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of Furhat as sort of the the iPhone and Tingai is an app built on that phone, right? So now you have an, another technology that's basically building a different software on essentially the same robot. Looks the same just about Uh I as a consumer don't know the difference because there's no brand. There's no like, you know, thing I have to sign that say this is the Tingai robot. And that's a whole other level of problems because you have to educate people on what Tingai is. Yeah, it's market confusion. You don't know what this product is doing versus that product. And I agree.
2: I mean, you know, it's going to be harder for companies like uh, a 10 guy who's out of Sweden or a Sigmund who's out of the Netherlands to come into the U.S., especially with this market confusion. That's that's the hard part. I mean, you take a look at Illinois. uh, I think, again, that that state is sending a signal to any company that that's not going to happen here in the U.S. And I I would yeah. expect other states to follow, if not federal,
3: uh, legislation. Yeah, when I go to the bank and get money out of an ATM, I think it's it's Chase Bank's ATM or it's Wells Fargo's ATM when it's actually, I assume, a third-party ATM that's running the whole thing. But you associate that technology with that company. So if you're going to use a robot to recruit, well, guess what? Now you have some issues with Brand awareness and education and all that good stuff. Have fun with that, folks.
1: Whew. Okay. I need a beer. <laughs> we out. We out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. ChadCheese.com Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! Welcome, change agents, to your
3: go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit